what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Thanks for joining us today on a busy, busy show as the madness is here. A huge day traditionally in Las Vegas with the opening play-in games heading into the opening round of the NCAA tournament. For those who live in Vegas, you know this. For those outside market, it's really the biggest thing we do sports-wise in Vegas until the Raiders moved here. Until the Raiders moved here and the Golden Knights, that can give you what they did last night. How about the Golden Knights last night? How about that game? I'll get to that throughout the broadcast. But this is it. It's March Madness. It's COVID. It's still not full capacity, but there's a lot of people starting today and heading into the weekend that are just going to lock in to what is Vegas. Vegas is unbelievable at this. Last year, we didn't have it. And it cost this city hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars overall in the economy since. Because you could talk to, and I've talked to sportsbook directors all over town, especially the great Jay Cornegay at Westgate with the amount of the handle, the amount of tickets, the amount of individual bets. There's nothing bigger here. The Super Bowl has a bigger handle, but this is more bets. Everybody's involved. So, Whatever you're doing, remember you can go to PT's, best happy hour in town. The games are, and you can go to PT's tonight and and get there an hour before, get your seat at any PT's, 64, right here in the Valley. They fuel our monologue, and you can watch this Michigan State-UCLA game. I mean, you could put that on pay-per-view, I'd buy it. That is a great, great, fun game. UCLA, the original home of John Wooden, Bill Walton, Lou Alcindor, going up against Michigan State and Tom Izzo, and that's a play-in game. So I'm excited about this. I'm going to be watching a lot of college basketball this weekend. I'm emceeing a great event Saturday at the stadium with the MGM with Jim Plunkett and Marcel Reese. So I have a big Saturday in front of me, and then we'll get into more March Madness. But we lead with Raiders free agency. So the show's packed today. Start dialing now. So you can get in so I can finish the monologue and get right to you. Vinny Bonsignor at the bottom of the hour. Raider Insider, our teammate here on Raider Nation Radio. He's going to join us. And Steph McKenzie, the diehard Raider fan who lives, dies, bleeds, dresses up, loves the Raiders. She told me she wants to come on. She's got something to say. She'll join us here in a little bit. So I'm excited about that as we get going. Breaking news from Ian Rappaport. The Raiders have signed running back Kenyon Drake to a two-year, $15.5 million deal. Wow. Where did that come from? Well, Ian Rappaport clarified his tweet on this, explaining his opinion on this. And Raider fans, you might have a better opinion. Ian Rappaport said, wait, the Raiders have a running back in Josh Jacobs. Why, yes, that's true. John Gruden sees Kenyon Drake as a jack-of-all-trades, a joker. As they say, he'll figure prominently in the passing game, and he's also close with Josh Jacobs. Well, why is he close? Because he played with him in Alabama, from Alabama, in that time period before him, excuse me, in the recruiting process. And Josh Jacobs, uh, Kenyon Drake won two national championships when you look at this, 2012-2015. Okay, he is 
one of those hybrid running backs who can block. He's very prominent in the passing game. So I would assume that a Raider running back is getting cut. I would assume that. And I would assume that Kenyon Drake is going to be there to help out Josh Jacobs, who gets beat up and gets nicked up and gets a lot of carries. And by the end of the year, when you look at Josh at the end of the year, everybody says, you know, Josh is banged up near the end of the year. Here's what I think about Josh Jacobs. Okay, he had the personal incident with the car accident. He was cleared on that, so there's no DUI. He was cleared on that and everything that happened. Uh, Josh is a big part of this organization. Okay, I believe Disney uh, bought the rights to his movie. He was homeless. He was living in a car. He is a Disney movie. He's a tremendous success story. And he's undersized. He's big for his size, but he's undersized. He's not Earl Campbell. Okay, he is not Franco Harris. He's not one of those guys, but he is a workhorse who gets a lot of touches. So it's very important that the Raiders have a really good backup. I like Booker. I thought Booker played well last year. When he came in, I love a backup running back who wants to play more, and then when they come in, they don't want to get off the field. That's exactly what Drake can do. You have a couple of Raider insiders whose heads are popping now. How could you pay this money for this guy? Defense, defense, defense. How do you cut Gabe Jackson or, excuse me, trade him? How do you get rid of Rodney Hudson? So that's what we're doing today. Okay, so I'm off working with the Raiders tomorrow, last show of the week, 702-365-9200. So they go in and get a very versatile running back, a good player, a really good player, a legendary college player, and a player who's come in and made a lot of big plays in his career. He'll be the backup to Josh Jacobs. So I think he's one of the best, one of the best backup running backs now in football. Fact, not fiction. And we have right now today – Without question, the best backup quarterback in football. No debate. The best backup is Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota should be the starting quarterback for New England. He's better than Cam Newton. He should be the starting quarterback in Washington. He's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a backup. The Raiders have to make a decision, as Ian Rappaport said, and he publicly put it out, that they've asked Marcus Mariota, to take a pay cut. Also, Ian Rappaport, 41 minutes ago, the Raiders and veteran tight end Derek Carrier have agreed on a one-year deal. Vegas keeps one of its own, and Carrier is set for his fourth season with the silver and black. But here was the big one, 59 minutes ago, by Ian Rappaport. I got to send him a cake or a bottle of Charles Woodson wine. He's been great for me this week. Ian Rappaport, decision is coming. The Raiders asked Marcus Mariota to take a pay cut down to just $3 million this year. And if he refuses, the team will move on. While a release is likely, the team has been able to trade players they would cut. That remains possible. He's due $10.725 million. I told you that Marcus would not get this money, but I don't want to take money out of another human being. Okay, I don't want you to do that to me. I would never do that to you. I would never do that to Marcus. He's a hell of a player. Now, what's interesting about Marcus restructuring his deal, if he can do that, is that the Raiders' offensive line got younger and cheaper. And I'll get to that in a moment. And I think Derek is very durable. He's a very durable player. He broke his leg once, his upper ankle and leg. That was a serious injury. And the guy last year had a groin injury, and he wouldn't come off the field. He wanted to play the last game against Denver. So Derek doesn't want to get off the field. So the only way that Derek is not going to play is if he plays horribly and gets benched or he gets injured. 
And a lot of Raider fans have been reaching out to me saying, well, you know, with this new offensive line, Derek's going to be running for his life. There was even a knucklehead on the radio today that said, this is all part of John Gruden's theory. You believe this is allowed on radio? John Gruden's theory to get rid of Derek is to make him run more and have to run for his life. I'm not making this up. I heard this today, and the fact that this is taking away weapons from Derek to tell Derek, hey, Derek, we've given you this great offensive line, and now you didn't win with it, so now we'll go cheaper and younger, and let's see if you can win. That's up for you to debate. Okay, if you want to if you want to jump into the sewer of Twitter, if you want to believe in conspiracy theories, if you want to do all that, go ahead and do it. Uh, Derek's the quarterback. Marcus is the backup. You can't afford to pay Marcus 10 million when you're letting go of Rodney Hudson, who we find out courtesy of Vinny asked to be released. So there's more to the Rodney story. And we'll get to the bottom of why Rodney wanted out. Was he asked to take a pay cut? Did he not like the fact that he wasn't winning? Whatever it is. Okay, we'll get to the bottom of that. It all comes out in the wash. And then secondly, I thought the Raiders did an amazing job getting value for two guys that none of you guys thought they were going to get anything for. I went on the show Monday. I felt like it was Game of Thrones and the dragon was coming after me to kill me. Everybody's screaming about, oh, my God, Rodney, Rodney, Rodney's gone. They got a third-round pick for Rodney. And they have a backup in Andre James, who they're all sold on, from Lincoln Kennedy to Tom Cable to Gruden. They got their center. So let me give you a PSA service announcement right now. If you're a real Raider fan, if you're a real Raider fan that wants to win, because now we have a divisive army in the Raider Nation. There's Raider fans that love the team, but they put their name out, and most of them don't. Most of them are anonymous but they have a Raider logo or a shield, or they, have, they make fun of Mark Davis's haircut, or they, they do something funny about John Gruden. And what they do is they claim to be Raider fans, but they just tear the organization down, tear it down, tear it down. I don't know if they, that's 1% of the Raider Nation or two, but it's a small, small group of people, and they're the loudest because many of them are cowards. Many of them don't have balls to come up to me or John Gruden or Mark Davis or Lincoln Kennedy or anybody. They just throw rocks on the Twitterverse, and, and they're fine. They're good for business. They're really good for business, at least the business I'm in. So you have that group of people that don't like anything. So they don't like anything. So you tell them, hey, you know, the Raiders really like this guy, Andre James. He's going to be the center of the future. He's very cheap, doesn't cost a lot of money, and he's very good. And this was the plan to get him in. So he's going to start earlier because Rodney Hudson didn't want to be here, potentially. Or Rodney Hudson, they wanted him to redo the deal. So you can do one of two things. You can do what I think most great Raider fans are going to do. Most great ones who have texted me, they're all in on Andre James. They're going to start buying jerseys. They're hoping that this guy's the future. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be Rodney Hudson. I've only seen him play once, but maybe he's going to be really good like Colton Miller or other players that have played in this organization. So you get behind this kid, and you encourage him to be great because Rodney's gone. Rodney's not coming back. Rodney's gone, and he's taken four Commitment to Excellence Awards with him, and he'll be considered a great Raider, and we wish him well. I wish Gabe Jackson today on Twitter nothing but good health going forward as he goes to Seattle to play with Russell Wilson. So those are the big moves that got the Raiders to freak out, the Raider fans to freak out this week. What are we going to do without Rodney and Gabe? Great question. Because as I've always said, you're not better when you get rid of Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. Let's get that out of the way. You're hoping, you're hoping that you're better. You're not. you got to hope you're better and then hope they play well. 
So we all on the same page with that. I am not here to tell you that the Raiders' offensive line got better. That's the last thing I'm going to do. I tweeted out earlier in the week that Rodney Hudson was going to play with Kyle Long. How'd that tweet age? That's beautiful, man. Like a bottle of wine, you open it up and you pour it out because it's stale. That was one of maybe the worst tweet I've ever sent, and that says a lot because I tweet too much. So we got no Gabe, got no Rodney, and now you bring back Richie Incognito. Denzel Good gets a contract, and then you look at the rest of what they're doing here. Kenyon Drake gets signed today, $14.5 million. Zay Jones on a one-year deal. John Brown on a really cheap deal for a player who can be productive, but, but no one's saying that John Brown is the next Jerry Rice. Hankins is back on the defensive line. They really like Jonathan Hankins. And he's a bigger guy, still young. Uh, they really do. But for the first time in a long time, I like this defensive line. I do. And I wasn't a P.J. Hall guy. I look at the defensive line. Jelly Ellis, who's a nice guy, and we'll interview him again down the road. Jelly Ellis was out of shape, out of shape, really couldn't play. So the Raiders have had a void, a really big void at defensive tackle for a long time. So now they went out and got Hankins re-signed, Quentin Jefferson, who could be a really good flash player. Solomon Thomas was the third overall pick in the 2017 draft. He's 25 years old, and he has underachieved, but he's a really good athlete And a guy, if you look at his highlight reel, even with the Niners, he's made plays. So that's that's not a risky move. They didn't pay him a lot of money, and it's a short-term deal. So finally, I like the defensive line a lot because you got the guy I told you that I wanted the whole time, Yannick Ngakwe, and with Melvin Ingram and Clowney and the players that I also liked and like, I like this guy the most. So they got an elite edge rusher, then Max Crosby, who made – Global news coming out with his sobriety. Congratulations to Max on that move. It was beautiful what he said, and it's all over Raiders.com. You can see that. So you got Hankins, Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, Cleland Farrell, Mad Max. You got depth on that defensive line, depending on what happens with Carl Nassib, who did not live up to the contract. So with everything that they have on the defensive line, hallelujah, I don't have to talk about the defensive line. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I don't have to talk about the defensive line. We're done. Business is closed. Shut it down. Let's move on. Now let's go behind the defensive line. Corey Littleton was brought in to be a pro bowler. Do you understand me? He wasn't brought in to be a guy. He was brought in to be a pro bowler. He didn't have a very good year. He's supposed to be better with Gus. He's not going anywhere. So he's there. Nick Kwiatkowski hurt himself early, played through the pain, and could be a very good player. He's not going anywhere. And then Nicholas Morrow was rewarded for his good play. So I gave you the defensive line, done, closed. Hey, if they get another guy like Clowney or someone, great. But they got enough. Then we go, de- then we go linebackers. They're not great. I think of great as Ray Lewis. Right, I think of great as Derek Brooks. I don't think this defense, this this linebacker core is great. So go the hell out and get me a tackler in the draft at the 17th pick overall. Go get me a linebacker. I don't care if he's a Sam or a Mike linebacker or a middle linebacker. Just go get a linebacker who can come off the edge and can drop into coverage and can tackle someone in space. 
So I'd like to – I was thinking defensive tackle two days ago in the draft, number 17. D-tackle might not have to do it now. They brought in a bunch of D-tackles who are proven in this league, and they're playing on one-year deals or short-term deals. They got to work. So get a linebacker in the draft, first pick, first round. Or, or trade up from 17. You got the Rodney draft pick. You got the Gabe draft pick. Marcus Mariota on the block. Maybe get a little bit more trade value, and let's trade up from 17 to 7 or 17 to 9. Keep that in mind. Or do what I always thought they would do is package picks and trade for a player and go after a player. Then we get to the back end of the secondary, Anthony Harris, a player of that magnitude, and, I, and I'm careful saying this. He might have signed while I was doing the monologue. I don't know. But he's the best free safety available by far. He's the most expensive. I think the Raiders can find a way to do that deal if they had to. And then, as we all know, they're going with youth, a cornerback. You can't change that. I can't change that. They're going with who they drafted. Trayvon Mullen, Jonathan Abram, and they're going, obviously, when you think about Arnett, they're going with Arnett. Those are the guys, like it or not. Gus came in to evaluate those guys and say, I can get something out of them, John. Let me coach them differently, and we'll see what we're going to do. So really, what's left for the Raiders? I just gave you everything I got. I got nothing left for you. I gave you everything you got. You got Waller. You got Renfro. You got Ruggs. You got John Brown. You got Zay Jones. You got Moreau. Right? You go through everybody on the offensive line. You got Colt Miller, Richie Incognito. You got Andre James. You got Denzel Good. You need a right tackle? Go get one. They get cut, they get released, they're not done yet. How many holes do you see with the Raiders? Call me right now, where are the holes? Where are you looking at going, oh my God, they got nothing? Free safety, absolutely. Veteran cornerback, absolutely. Where are the rest of the holes? You can't call me and tell me they have a hole at center. They got rid of Rodney because they have Andre James, they're going with him. You don't have the right to evaluate Andre um, James, excuse me, negatively, you can't because that's the guy Cable and Gruden are going with and they believe it's the right guy. So all you're going to do is tear down a kid who's getting an opportunity to play. Now, you can question that move all day long. That's all I've done this week It's question what's going on with the O-line. But other than that, I thought the Raiders were really active. If you would have told me by Monday – in that Game of Thrones scene where I look over Red Rock and Summerlin and the dragon circling over Red Rock Country Club just looking for me as I'm walking the dog in the Gardens Park and ready to fry me. And then you get to Thursday, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good about Kenyon Drake. Feeling pretty good about Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, John Brown. You know, incognito coming back. And now the elephant in the room is the Mariota contract. What do you want to do with Marcus Mariota? That should be the topic of the day. It's the number one topic on NFL Channel, on NFL Network. Why isn't anybody stepping up? Because the league is waiting for John and Mayock to re- release Marcus so another team can sign him instead of for $10 million or $3 million with the Raiders want. Someone will sign him for $9 million or $8 million. And what I believe could happen is if the Raiders release Marcus Mariota, the – Uh, the New England Patriots will sign him, and then they'll bench Cam Newton. 
talk about a crazy take. That one could happen because Cam Newton's not any good. He's not better than Mariota, I can promise you. Everybody will tell you that. Mariota's better than Cam Newton. Cam Newton was better than Mariota five years ago, barely, because Marcus was pretty good in Tennessee going to the playoffs. They both won Heisman trophies. So that's what I got. What do you got? 702-365-9200. Are you more encouraged today than you were on Monday? I, I think so. I think everybody's a little bit happier. I've seen a lot of tweets. Hey, JT, way to go. Raiders really rallied. JT, I didn't expect what's happened in the last 48 hours. The Raiders got better. You know, I'm getting tweets like that all the time, and they're coming on my timeline at JT the Brick. So just want to hear what you have to say. And, if you, you know, when it comes to Kenyon Drake from inside the building, he's a versatile back, tough. Gruden loves when they can do everything. And he can do everything. So the Raiders are loaded, loaded at running back, quarterback, where they have a top nine quarterback in the league. And I think they have the best tight end behind Kelsey. I'd rather have Waller than Kittle every day. I think Kittle's a nut job. I'd rather have Waller all day long over Kittle. And, you know, the rest of the – I'd still like to see a wide receiver come in on the cheap. You know, you look at what's going on with Juju Smith now. No market for him. Maybe back to Pittsburgh. The Jets looking at him. So I think there's going to be another deal here because the big the big asterisks on all this is they got at least something for Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. Very important that they get a third and a fifth. They lost the seventh, but I think that gives Mike Mayock and John Gruden the ability to go get someone and continue to do business with all of that. So again, you should be excited. Again, and a, and a round of applause for me. I've, I've spent three minutes talking about UNLV basketball over the last two years. I win. I win. Okay? I didn't waste your time. For, th- for two years, I didn't talk one half of a minute on T.J. Otzelberger and UNLV basketball. Imagine getting all that time back if you consume that content for two years. Wow. Let's talk Raiders and Golden Knights. That's what I do here in National Stories. Raiders, Golden Knights, and the news of the day. I don't talk about T.J. Otzelberger for two years, and now he leaves, and everybody in Vegas is walking around going, who are we going to get, who are we going to get? Wake me when you get a coach. I'd love to interview him and get behind UNLV basketball. It's a train wreck dumpster fire right now. They don't, they're afraid to hire big names. They play so cheap. Half of these boosters are frauds. Half of the boosters in this town are frauds. They don't have enough money to put gas in their car, but they claim to be boosters for UNLV basketball. Really? Who are they? Point them out. Go get a coach. And then when you get a coach, we'll talk UNLV basketball. Dave in Union City. Dave, start us off. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, JT. Thanks so much, man. I think hope springs in eternal today for sure. I love the moves. I think uh, – you know, putting some some uh, some defensive tackles. We needed. I I felt that that was the biggest position to need. I feel like, you know, and management knows way the hell more than than the Raider fans collectively than we'll ever fully know. Anyways, uh, I was thrilled to see those decisions. Uh, JT, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Uh, it seems obviously uh, free safety is still a, a significant mm-hmm. area of need, but also right tackle. Do you think those are positions that they? If they try to get in the draft, or is that something yeah. that we can still try to do something through free agency? I would do it through free agency. I'd do it with a veteran player who gets cut. I would do it with someone who's played in this league and has got three, four, five years of tape. 
I would not do it via the draft, but uh, John Gruden found success with that with Colton, Mil- Colton Miller. So if the Raiders are going to get a right tackle who can play, you have to get him in the first round, right? You have to. Right. Or, or then you're just getting a, a later round pick to develop, which is fine. I'm cool with that if the Raiders take a right tackle, not in the first round. But if you use a first round pick on a right tackle, what'd you do on the defense? You got to still get younger, faster, and better on defense. So I think you can get right tackles. Right tackles need to be, need to be and I think you'd agree with me, grown men, right? They need to yeah. be grown men. If you're going to go up against Von Miller and J.J. Watt and all these guys, you throw a kid in college out there for the first year or two as the Raiders are trying to win and make the playoffs, I think it's very risky. But a developmental player later in the draft, I have no problem with that. Do you feel like they're comfortable with the depth that they have on the O-line with their in-house no, guys? I thought no, it was no, a great hire. No, not at all. Hire. Not at all. I, I, think, I think, appreciate the call, I think they have to do more work on the offensive line, period. You lost Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. You have backups who are going to start. You're going to give Denzel Good more opportunity. Andre James is going to play. But, and, and they always get hurt. Again, I'm not, I don't root for injuries or predict injuries. Never do. But the offensive line... One of the someone told me something really interesting. The Raiders had these big, giant, giant men on the offensive line for the last couple of years, and they get hurt. So don't spend all the money on the offensive line. The guys never play. The guys never play. Go a little bit cheaper. Save some money on the old line. Go younger, cheaper, and then hope it works out. But again, it's a lot of hope. I don't know if it's going to work out. I have no idea. That's why I can't wait for the preseason. Who's with me? Who can't wait for preseason football? There's going to be three games. You think the Raiders need three games in the preseason? Tell me a team that needs more reps in the preseason than the Raider offensive line. So I can't wait for the preseason and the extra game. What's going to happen coming up here in this league? I like that idea. 702-365-9200. Samir in Albuquerque on the Raiders app. Thank you. Hey, JT. What's up? How are you? Good. Uh Quick comment on Twitter and media, and then my thoughts on our changes. First off, on yep. the Twitter, it's just people spewing crap that they wouldn't say to their friends at a bar, and they get emotional and overreact. You hear a name, and then you hear some national media head gets you worked up into a tizzy about it. Oh, Rodney Hudson's gone. Oh, we're never going to win another game. Relax. And the national media, they're Raider haters, man. Out here, they the are. media, they hate, they hate the Raiders. The stuff that we do – the Cardinals are going in with A.J. Green and, and, and whatever. And it's like, oh, my God, it's the greatest decision ever. Look what they're doing. And if we did the same things and the stuff, Belichick throwing all this money at free agency. Oh, the Patriots, they're geniuses. No, and the Raiders are idiots. It's all trash. It's just a bunch of Raider hating. For our decisions that we're making, has anyone noticed our defense has been trash for years? We can't live with just offense forever. And I like mm-hmm. the decisions we made. We cannot have the young secondary. I'm high on Mullen. I think he's going to get better, but we can't have that young secondary if we don't have a pass rush. And we're looking like we might actually have one now. Good point. Free up the secondary. Basic football. These are great moves. You can't put all your money into an O-line. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You can't put all your money into the O-line unless the O-line works. If if you put all your money into the O-line and the next thing you know, the O-line is really good, and a whole bunch of pro bowlers, and you're, you're in the AFC West championship game like the Chiefs. Look at the Chiefs' offensive line and how good it's been with Swartz, who's out in Fisher, and they bring in Kyle Long. They bring in Kyle Long, who I think could play. I was hoping he'd be a Raider. I don't know what happened at the workout. And then they get Tooney to come in from New England, who's a hell of a player. 
Also, just despicable to see what some Raider fans are saying to Kyle Long on Twitter. I mean, give me a break. Kyle Long, you know, came. He came. He showed up for a workout. The Raiders chose not to do business. Or maybe the agent, the price was too high. He's Howie Long's He's Howie Long's son. His brother works for the organization. And people are going on Twitter directing tweets at Kyle Long because he's a chief. What is everybody, like nine years old? Give the guy a break. He's, he's a leg. Howie Long's one of the greatest Raiders of all time. He's family. His son decided not to be a Raider or the Raiders decided not to have Kyle Long. It's incredible, some of the reaction to that. I thought he'd be here by this time this week. I thought that Rodney Hudson and Kyle Long would anchor the interior of that line with Richie Incognito. Didn't work out. Find me. I'll pay for it in beer. I'm about an hour and a half away from having my bucket of Modellos. So fire it up. Vinny Bonsignor and Steph McKenzie on deck. Mariota has an empty backfield. He'll take the snap back into the gun, looks to the left, now runs over to the right, now going to take off for the corner. Can he make it? Watch, dives, got it, touchdown, jackpot, baby. Marcus Mariota dives into the end zone. Well, what's going to happen with Marcus Mariota? My teammate here on Raider Nation Radio, one of the best national insiders for the NFL, uh, Vinny Bonsignor joins us. And Vinny, before we get to Marcus Mariota, I want to begin with your big picture on where the cap is, all of these one-year deals that we're seeing all around the league. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of a concession, uh, you know, by agents and players understanding the, you know, the salary cap went down this year. It didn't just go down, um, you know, by the $16 million from 198 to 182. Um you have to look at it in, from this perspective. It really went down $40 million because if you were signing contracts or doing contracts a year or two ago as a general manager, as an agent, as a player, as a team, and you were looking ahead two years later to, to you know 2021, let's say, you were anticipating, and rightfully so, that that salary cap was going to be closer to $220 million by now because of the natural growth that, that salary caps usually you know grow by. That didn't happen, so it dropped by $16 million, but it really dropped by almost $40 million based on what was this cap was going to be um, uh, anticipated to be a couple of years ago. So that's something that everyone has to work around, and there's no doubt about it. Um, and with the revenue loss last year and the salary cap going down by as much as we just talked about, agents or play and players understand that the money just isn't out there for them this year the way it normally would be. Um, and as a result... They're starting to look at things like, let's sign a shorter-term contract, get some money up front uh, right now, uh, but then let's get back out on the open market as quickly as we can when the TV, the new TV deal money starts coming into play, uh, and the salary cap starts going up. Um, you know, after after taking a big dip this year. Vinny Bonsignor joins us. So the two biggest storylines I think so far in free agency has been the Patriots. And obviously, Tom Brady retaining everyone in Tampa. It seems those are the two biggest storylines. Let's start with Tampa Bay and what you've seen. Is this a Brady function of working with the Glazer family, getting everybody in line to do this as he restructures? Because keeping Shaq Barrett, bringing Gronk back, Levante David, 
they're another year older, but they got a lot of young players. It seems like Brady and that organization are on the same page. Yeah, it took a little while for them to, to get on the same page, uh, both um, you know for this time of year and then during the season how the offense was run. Uh, but there were professionals about it, and they found you know the, the the common ground that was needed. And obviously, they won a Super Bowl. They played great down the stretch to win that Super Bowl. And why wouldn't you you know if you're a veteran player uh, want to be continue to be a part of that? Uh, so no surprise that that you know uh, that most of their free agents have decided, hey, I, this is where I want to be. I want to try to win another championship. I saw the magic that Tom Brady brings. Uh, coming from New England uh, here, and all of a sudden we're a Super Bowl winning team. Let's go get some more of that. So you know we'll see how that uh, you know how that translates this year. There are some teams around the NFC that are getting better. Uh, some getting worse. You look at what happened in New Orleans. What's going on in New Orleans? Who's the quarterback? Uh, who are they going to replace Drew Brees uh, with? Uh, what's going on in Chicago? Um, you know, so so there's an opportunity. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we don't know how happy uh, Russell Wilson is in, in Seattle. How's that all going to get sorted out? The Rams are losing players because of the salary cap. If you're in Tampa Bay right now, you're thinking, we got a pretty good shot uh, of repeating right now. Vinny Bonsignor joins us. So with the Patriots, the reason why I'm buying in is I like the players they got. They got Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry. They got defensive help, two tight ends, two wide receivers, but, Vinny, I've spent all week, I can't figure out Cam Newton. I think he's done. I don't think he's done as a runner and an athlete because he's young, but he doesn't throw the ball well anymore. And is there a chance, as we go into what you do with the Raiders, too, with Marcus Mariota or another quarterback there, what is Belichick doing to keep the door open with Josh McDaniels on a quarterback, or do you think they go all in with Cam? Well, and not only, uh, you know, when you're, when you're talking about Cam Newton, even the running has diminished because he's been so beat up over the years. So you've taken that part of his game out of the way, um, out, of, out, of, out of the equation. And I, when I watch him throw the ball, it just looks funky to me at this point. And I think injuries have taken a toll. Now, he's got a lot more help this year compared to last year. So, um, you know, we'll see if he's able to, to you know, settle down and, and – and just be a, a good kind of a manager type of a guy and make some plays here and there. But I don't think they've ruled out, A, drafting a, a quarterback, uh, you know, of the future, and B, sitting there potentially being the team that when the Houston Texans, you know, maybe come to grips or come to reality uh, of the fact that, hey, maybe we have to trade Deshaun Watson. Now there's some situations obviously going on with Deshaun Watson that can change that whole dynamic. Um, but if, you know, if we'll see where that goes, I don't really want to comment cause I don't know all the details on that, but let's just say in a, in a, in a world where he gets traded uh, or the Houston Texans have to trade him, the, the, uh, New England Patriots have the draft capital. Um, they've got a good team, you know, now that they've built around whoever the quarterback's going to be. Uh, and, and they have, uh, enough money still, even after that big sp spending splurge, uh, to be able to accommodate uh, Deshaun Watson. So don't be surprised. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I would imagine that Bill Belichick, if Deshaun Watson becomes available, is going to jump all over and into that. Not saying that he'll. that's who they'll trade him to, but uh, he's going to want to be part of that mix. 
Vinny Bonsignor joins us, covers the writers for the Las Vegas Review-Journal and covers the league nationally with the writers and John Gruden with no Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. I think they did a really good job getting something back in return and helping the defense, especially the defensive tackles and up front on that defensive line. But, man, I mean, you're covering this team as good as anybody. A lot of surprises here along the way from Kenyon Drake. No one saw that coming, and obviously losing two really good offensive linemen. Great what the Raiders have done so far. Yeah, um, I really like what they've done on the defensive line. Um, you know, Yannick Ngagwe, um, Solomon Thomas, uh, 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 Jefferson, uh, Quentin Jefferson, who they, who they brought in, bringing back Jonathan Hankins. Uh, but you start looking at that defensive line and, you know, talking to people in the building, they know that it was unacceptable what happened with that defensive line last year, how it played, how it performed. It just wasn't up to par. And in Gus Bradley's defense, it has to start up front. He relies on four uh, pass rushers getting heat on the quarterback and then dropping seven other players back in, in pass coverage. So it's they need to have that front four um, up and running and, and delivering. And by creating depth and competition – uh, I think it's going to raise that whole group up, um, and and so I like what they, I really like what they've done on the defensive line. I think it's going to get changed over here pretty quickly, and it's going to be one of those. It, it comes at you in waves. They're going to be able to go deep into the bench, um, you know, to 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 be able to uh, keep guys fresh, and to have production um, on a on a down in and down out basis. They still have to you know figure out what they're going to do at free safety. Uh, I know they're in on uh, a number of guys, but right now I think some agents have to probably come down a little bit uh, mm-hmm. on what their expectations are uh, from what I'm understanding. So we'll see. Keep an eye on a guy like Anthony Harris. Um, you know, he's still available. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line, obviously, um, they need the right tackle. Uh, we'll see if it comes in the draft or if there is somebody out in free agency. There's a lot of faith in Andre James. I know Rodney Hudson was a big loss. Uh, but Tom Cable knows what he's doing. And if he feels like Andre James is ready to go ahead and take the reins at that position, my money would be on that happening because Tom Cable is really good at what he does. Bringing back Denzel Good and Richie Incognito. This thought that you know the Raiders are just rebuilding this offensive line. They, they bring back Incognito. They bring back Denzel Good, who was really good last year. There, there's a belief in Andre James uh, taking over at center. Now you got to figure out right tackle. Maybe it's Denzel Good if John Simpson can show that he can play. There's also a very deep draft uh, at tackle this year where you know we, we've seen in the last few years where day one guys come in as rookies and, and play that position really, really well. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tristan Wirfs uh, came in mm-hmm. as the 13th pick overall and just was a, a phenomenal rookie player and basically playing – at a Pro Bowl level his rookie year. There's plenty of guys like that in this draft. So it's March 17th. I know the offensive line, uh, people are pulling their uh, you know uh, hair out of their head right now on the offensive line. But I don't think it's not nearly as bleak as you think. And really when you think about it, right at this point, it's just really uh, figuring out uh, what to do at right tackle. Vinny, one more team out west, the Arizona Cardinals. A.J. Green, Rodney Hudson, J.J. Watt, Matt Prater, the kicker, comes in. They already had a pretty good roster. I'm a big Kyler Murray guy. It feels like they're all in on a one-year plan. There's a lot of short-term contracts and vets coming in there. This isn't something for three or four years out. Do you think Arizona is on the right track in the NFC West? Yeah, it's really interesting. And, you know, with that, you know, that's a really tough division and, Again, we don't know what's uh, what, what's really going to happen with Russell Wilson. I think they cooler heads prevail and they make that work. But, you know, you're talking about the Cardinals, the Rams with Matthew Stafford, uh, the 49ers, 
Um, they're always, you know, a factor of the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. It's a tough division, and you got to keep up. Uh, and I think that the Cardinals sense that there might be an opportunity for them with what's going on in Seattle. The Rams having to make a lot of moves. They, they, you know, obviously they bring in Matthew Stafford, uh, but they lost a lot of good players uh, through free agency uh, just, just you know, over these last couple of days. So we'll see where they are. Uh, there's an opportunity for the Cardinals. I like what what they're doing. And again, with those shorter term deals. It helps not just the players being able to get back out on the open market, but the teams themselves. You know, the, the, in doing this, they're not like sacrificing anything of the future in terms mm-hmm. of signing some crazy deals uh, for for guys that are going to give them one or two years, but then be strains on their salary cap moving forward. They're going to be able to maximize what they have with these short term deals, move on from them pretty quickly uh, to go ahead and regroup in the next year or so again. Thank you, Vinny. Great work as always. Always great to have you on. All right, JT. Have a good one, man. You got it, Vinny Bonsignor. He's one of the best. I was on top of watching Vinny long before he came to Vegas and the work that he was doing in L.A. because I always had him on the show. And Vinny Bonsignor gets credit for being the guy who broke the story globally on the Raiders coming to Vegas. He had the information, and everybody said he was crazy. Everybody in Oakland was throwing Spears at him, telling him he didn't know what he was talking about. He is the godfather of NFL relocation. He had the whole Carson, post-Carson deal figured out beautifully. Great working with Vinny. Coming up next, Steph McKenzie joins us, courtesy of the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. You're going out to Henderson. You're out there. You're off Boulder Highway. You're out there. Just stop by and see Frank and the team. You want an upgrade to a new vehicle, best financing team in town, crossovers, SUVs, luxury vehicles, and those award-winning, those award-winning Hondas, right there, the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Eight minutes on the play clock, third and three. Carr is back, looks in underneath. Got Waller, there's the record. And a first down, out of bounds at the 30-yard line. Congratulations to Darren Waller, the all-time single-season reception leader for the now Las Vegas Raiders. How about that? That was a highlight individual accomplishment for the great Darren Waller. JT, back with you, courtesy of Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Steph McKenzie, the queen of the Raider Nation here in Vegas, kind enough to join us. Uh, thanks for walking me off the ledge this week. You were calm, saying the Raiders weren't done in free agency after losing Rodney Hudson. I know. I'm telling you, we get rid of Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson and going younger on that O-line, still needing to pick up a safety. But, you know, we'll, we'll do it. you got to have that confidence. You're fired up today. Yeah, I am fired up today. It's been a long week. It feels like two weeks in a couple of days. But, you, you know, this is important. The offensive line was big, strong, I think a little bit overpaid, and they weren't available. A lot of the guys were hurt. Not Rodney. Gabe played through injuries. But it seems like Gruden is focusing on not overpaying for the offensive line and spreading the money out elsewhere, fortunately, on the defensive side. 
Well, it was interesting just listening to you and Vinny talk, too, because as far as pay goes throughout the league, and not just with the Raiders, but they have to rearrange things, right, the way pay has been overall in the world, and it's starting to see a lot more movement. I actually like this. I like those year contracts. Of course, you always want to see people stay with you. You have those locked-in contracts, like, I don't want Carr to go anywhere. But when you have other players that might have some issues, personal and or injuries, I like those year contracts, and I like what's going on right now. Steph McKenzie joins us. All right, let's get to your tour. You had a tour oh. of Allegiant Stadium. What'd you think? Tell everyone about it. Oh, my gosh. Anyone and everyone listening right now has got to get on that tour inside Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, you got to pay for it, but move on. It's so worth it. We went yesterday, and I'm not speechless. You know that, JT. I can talk and talk and talk, mm. but oh, my goodness. I didn't really have a – I was taking it in. It was my Disneyland. I think being right next to the torch, to the big flame, to Al Davis, it just you're just there. You feel the excitement. I love that they have charging stations and cup holders that are going to keep our <laughs> beer and drinks cold. <laughs> so when you and I are hanging out on the Coors Landing, Coors Light Landing, or in the Modelo Lounge, and you're going to you're, you're telling me you're going to need to charge your phone and keep your beer ice cold. That's your plan. <laughs> that's that's your big takeaway, huh? Uh, well, that and of course, I love the art in the hallways, which were all commissioned by local Vegas artists. And they are going to be for sale once things get going a little bit. Mm. And I think it's just unique to not only Vegas, but to the Las Vegas Raiders. One of the yeah. pictures, I didn't get the title of it. I put it on my Twitter and on my, all my social media, but I definitely am going to be first for that. Yeah, I think that's cool. If you And you got a chance. Uh, Steph McKenzie joins us from 97.1 The Point. You, cannot, you, ha- you have to dial in Fox and McKenzie every morning. I want to get to that art. It's really important that Mark Davis saw the vision of that stadium to make it a Raiders stadium. So here's the big question I've been asking you. You've been at T-Mobile. You've been to stadiums all over the country. Does it feel like it's all Raiders, silver, black, white, the color scheme, the art? you got to love it. Well, not only do I love it, not only do I want to live there. If I didn't have kids, I'd probably live there. But... I think that the most amazing thing, besides that the Las Vegas Raiders are in my backyard, is that there is not one bad seat in that arena. That arena is bomb. I mean, it is over-the-top, amazing, just state-of-the-art. Steph McKenzie joins us. So, a couple of things. Today, you do a lot of remotes in the morning, and you know what March Madness means when it comes to just what it does to this town, the insanity of going through the Westgate, now the Circa, all these casinos and resort properties now. We're still a year away. It's not going to be great this year, even though some of these venues are opening up again with bigger capacity. But tell everyone what this town is like, especially everybody streaming on the Raiders app, on how important these next couple of weeks are to Vegas and these sports books. Well, I mean, that's a big thing. Obviously, tourism is our number one. And I will say that we are getting some movement back into the sports books, and we're seeing people come in, and they feel safe. More people are vaccinated. Our number, I think, is sitting at 5.7. We reported on that on Fox McKenzie this morning, which the World Health Organization wants it down to be about five. So we're, like, right there. We're doing really well. And, it, you know, next year, obviously, it's going to be bigger and better. But to get people in right now is huge for us. 
No doubt about it. And finally, when we take a look at the economy opening up, everything that's happening, I think the biggest news in the last week in all of Vegas is your son in flag football was the defensive (laughs) player of the year. He got the Khalil Mack, J.J. Watt Award. He's defensive player of the year. What was that all about? Oh, my gosh. Of course, I wasn't crying. I was bawling because we started flag football, and he wanted to be a wide receiver. He was going to be the quarterback. And they moved him into defense, and in the quote of the coach, he is a ball hawk is what he said. So that's what he got. And I do want to say one thing, JT, before you let me go today, because Mm -hmm. we talked about a lot of this on Fox McKenzie, and you know how much I just love our community, and I love when people have a personal story. I want to give mad, mad props, no pun intended, to Mr. Mad Max Crosby, because for his story and everything that's been going on for him coming out about being an alcoholic, I think that's very brave and very big for him to step up. I think it's amazing, and he did it on a podcast, and I talked to Max off the air from time to time, and uh, really cool that he admitted that he needed to get help, and he did get it, and it seems like his whole life is opening up a new chapter, and he's a big part of the Raiders' going forward, Steph. We always said this about Max. There's a lot of talk this week about where's Max? Is he going to get less rotations because they're bringing in more guys? You leave Max Crosby alone. You put him on the edge and you let him go attack the quarterback. And on the other side, we now have Yannick Ngakwe. With those two guys coming off the edge, meeting at the quarterback, I'm excited what the Raiders did on defense. Absolutely. I love our defense going through. And now a little, you know, a little movement on the O, bringing it all, changing but I think that everything is going to be good. And when it comes to personal stories, you dive deep and you never know. And I really think explosive, even bigger things are going to be coming from Mad Max next year. Did, did we go to dinner a week ago or two weeks ago? I'm coming out of it right now. <laughs> I think maybe it will be going on two weeks. There you go. Well, we'll do it again soon. It awesome. Thanks for coming on. You're a big part of what we do. Thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. Go Raiders. Yep, that's Steph McKenzie, 97.1 The Point. Early in the morning, she has the number one rock talk show, big show in town. Love listening to her in the morning. When I'm up, when I'm up because I work ungodly hours opposite of her at night. And my last night show of the week is tonight. Uh, when we come back, uh, Sean Farnham's going to join us next hour from ESPN on the brackets. Also, Lee Sterling on how some of the line moves happened in the NFL since free agency. And how about the Golden Knights? I'm going to go nuts on the Golden Knights next in that win last night.